0: Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we ask that you would teach us more of your truth, help us to know more of your ways and your rhythms of grace. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. All of us are leaders at some level and I'm gonna unpack that in a few minutes but I just want you to accept that for a second and I wanna ask you the question, who is your leadership role model? And I wanna suggest that the greatest leader who's walked the planet was Jesus. And you know, oftentimes we look to Jesus in different ways. We look to him as a spiritual leader. We look to him as somebody who's gonna teach us morals, who's gonna teach us ultimate truths, or whatever else it is. But I wanna suggest maybe we've never stopped to look at him and just say, how was he as a leader? What can he teach us about leadership and leading others? And that's um, kind of where we're headed, I'll say more. And again, we might begin to think, well, why, was he really a, a great leader? I love the way John Ortberg writing about this says, well, look, if you'd been a betting person in about the year zero BC, and somebody said, are you gonna bet on the lasting influence of the Roman empire and the Roman army, or this Jewish rabbi with his 12 inexperienced followers, where are you gonna put your money? And yet today, we name our children, James and John, and Elizabeth and Mary and things like that and we name our dogs Nero. It's what, what, what his quote says. But this idea that that's the, 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 the amazing thing that came out of Jesus' Jesus's movement and what he did with it. And so today, we're starting something where we're gonna just be talking, looking at him from a leadership perspective. And I think it makes more sense when we start to think about what is leadership and how different people define leadership But one of the common definitions of leadership that's out there, um, you'll begin to realize how broad the whole concept can be. This um, leadership definition that comes out sometimes says, leadership happens anytime we influence the thinking, behavior, or development of another person. So it's that idea. And we start again to focus in on Jesus and think about him. Um, a number of years ago, Ken Blanchard, who is uh, a business writer who became famous for his one minute manager series and all of that. He's also a strong Christian. Um, he wrote a book in this area and he, he says this, he says, followers of Jesus have more in Jesus than just a spiritual leader. We have a practical model of effective leadership for all organizations, for all people and for all situations. And um, you know it matters because we are called to be leaders. Our first reading today talks about how we're all called to be part of a royal priesthood. We're all engaged at some level, influencing people, and um, working into this role of leadership this way. And so it matters. So today we're starting this journey. It's going to be a four-week sermon series where we're going to look at Jesus as a leader and look at different aspects of it. And it's going to have a little bit of a breather. I'm going to. We're going to do one, two, and three. We're going to take a a breather for one week, do an electionary sermon, and then we'll do a final sermon with what we're doing. And we're going to just, it's interesting to look at, there's been lots of books written on this about how Jesus is a fantastic example, if not the best example of leadership that there is. They oftentimes are lots of little vignettes looking at different things he encountered in the gospels and, and what it says about leadership. We're going to do just four weeks. And a number of principles from that when we get to the end of it, if you think this would be interesting to do more, you can give us some feedback on a communication card, and we might look at a part two to this series down the road so i'd invite you to engage it and think about how you can become a better leader and hold Jesus up maybe in a new place you haven't had him as an example of leadership. So today we're going to go back and look at some uh i want to say maybe the three most core principles that there are perhaps in leadership and um I'm gonna look at these three things as what I'm calling leadership clarity is is something we're just gonna start with these three really basic things. And what I wanna do with this is I'd like to kind of introduce what the principles are and then eventually bring you into showing you how Jesus modeled them. So when you start saying, okay, where's the scripture on that? I'll get to it, just be with me me for a second. And the three things we're gonna do on this is looking at leadership clarity is being clear about who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, and how you're motivated. Those are the three places that I'm gonna go today and looking at how Jesus models those for us and how important they are in leadership. And this first one is to be clear about our identity and who we are as a fundamental aspect of being a leader. I think it's um, interesting to look at different things that people have written about this, but one of the um, most prolific writers on just leadership at large, um, a guy who died about seven years ago, Warren Bennis, who was a professor at USC. He headed up their leadership institute. Um, He wrote almost 30 books on leadership. He talks about the kind of things we're talking about today is being self-awareness of learning. A leader has to be really clear on who they are and also clear about their strengths and their weaknesses. If you're gonna be a great leader and influencing and working with whatever leadership role God's called you to, you have to be clear on who you are and what your identity is on this. And of course, as we start to look at Jesus, he was phenomenally clear about this this point. And you can see this today in our gospel lesson that we had. Um, You know, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Elsewhere, he's gonna go on to say, I'm the son of God. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I'm the bread of life. There's like, if you go read the New Testament, there's like 18 different I am statements where Jesus says, this is who I am this is who I am. And he nails it out. And you know, it's, it's maybe a whole nother sermon to talk about how he doesn't say those things until he's gone through the desert and had his trials and his temptations there. But he's very clear on this is he's not looking to other people to tell him who he is, to find his direction on this. And that's part of what, if we're going to go to sort of one of the foundational building blocks of a strong leader, we've got to be that way where we're not looking to these, to other people to tell us who we are where we know who, who we're meant to be. And Jesus again says that in our gospel lesson today where he talks about, even though I testify on my own behalf, like I'm not looking to other people to tell me who I am or what's going on or what the deal is. I'm testifying on my own behalf, that he knows who this is and, and this stuff matters. Many years ago, I was on a committee that was uh, selecting a, a leader of a big organization. And part of this uh, committee, I remember we had these candidates who wanted to head up this organization. There were people who would say about some of the candidates, oh, this person um, basically doesn't wants to just please everybody. They're not going to be a good leader because they're just going to look to try to figure out who they are based on who's, who they're leading. And that's part of what we're saying in this because if you don't know who you are, you don't know who God's made you to be, and you haven't really gone really clear on that, you're open to being manipulated. You're, opening, you're open to being molded by other people. You know, you can be molded by all kinds of people, your colleagues, your boss, your spouse, your um, boyfriend, girl, all these different, all these are your parents for sure. I mean, there are people in this room for sure who are still trying to live up to the expectation of their parents without living in fully to who, just who God's meant them to be, their own self. And part of this, I think being clear about this and being a strong leader is getting to a place where you're, at peace and happy and know who God's called you to be and that's who you're out to live and it's not anything else and we talked about this last summer when we did our sermon series on the 10 commandments we got to talking about not coveting but this is a reminder to us too about not comparing because you're meant to be who you're meant to be and when you compare it can take you in all kinds of bad directions because if somebody's better at you whatever it is then it kind of beats you down a little bit and if you're better than them on that particular plane then it opens up this place of pride. We're all unique. God's made us that way. It's one of the beautiful things about how he's made us. Everybody's unique. I think everybody has a particular call. I mean, this is true from top to bottom. It's, it's true. You know, also sometimes people will say, what, what about identical twins? Well, I got that covered because I think y'all know I'm an identical twin. I know something about twins. My identical twin has identical twins and I've got fraternal twins. So I know something about twins. Twins are not identi- you know, are, not, are all unique also, right? You know, people are surprised when they learn that with my twin, I'm the evil twin in this combination. And if you don't believe me, I'll just tell you, last weekend, um, after the Christmas Eve service, I drove down to, to my, our hometown and so did my brother, my twin brother, and we were staying at the same hotel. And I got there about 20 minutes before him. And, you know, it's a sleepy town. It's a late shift on Christmas Eve. I know they're not going to switch. So I told the lady, I said, is there any chance you would help me with a little humor with my brother? My twin brother's coming in a bit. I said, when he checks in in about 20 minutes, would you mind just saying, wow, you look so similar to a guy who just checked in. Although he was about 20 pounds lighter and more handsome. (laughs) She didn't didn't play along. But anyway, I wanted to. Um, I think we've gotta be clear about who we are that way. And so this first principle is know who you are so that others aren't manipulating and molding you and live in deep into who God's made you to be. If you don't know who that is, that's sort of step one on this road to becoming a better leader. And the second thing right along with it is to be super clear about what you're trying to accomplish. That it's not just fate, whatever happens to you. That there's something that we can do that's going to involve what, what's going to happen. And I think when we start to look at Jesus, we see that he's extremely clear about what he's to accomplish. And we, we can see it in lots of um, different ways. Jesus talks about this um, in our reading today, in part. I'm going to get caught up with our reading. He says that um, he's going to—sorry, let me get to the exact, exact passage. He says, I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. He's got this clarity about it. And then later he's going to say a number of different things. I want to bookend some of these and just talk about a number of verses that he talks about where it's super clear that he knows what he's about. But part of this is if we know what we're trying to accomplish, we have, then we have something that goes along with who we are that can help us be better effective leaders. Because I don't know if you're like me, you've had some days where the days ended and you're like... Um, I've been busy all day. I'm certainly worn out, but I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. And part of that has to do with this sense that we know deep within us of whether you've moved the ball down the field on the things that you're really called to accomplish. And the difference between merely being busy and being productive is whether you're accomplishing the purposes for which you're, you're, you've been brought into. I think about this with Jesus. You know, we don't always focus on these verses in this way, um, but when Jesus. Um, tells his followers to be as uh, innocent as doves and wise as serpents. I want to suggest that maybe sounds like something we're not used to hearing him say, but it's really ultimately a call to be strategic. He's saying, okay, well, don't, don't manipulate. Don't do things that are, that are not appropriate that way. So be innocent as doves, but be wise as serpents is a call to be effective about what you're trying to get done. Um, to be focused and have wisdom in that kind of way and jesus modeled that for us from top to bottom i think he modeled what it was to be this way if you go back and look at um, for example in in luke 4 jesus um, knows this and he says i must proclaim the good news for i was sent for this purpose like he doesn't say this is like this is one of the things i hope to accomplish while i'm here or whatever it's like i must he's super clear about where this is going. And then, as I mentioned before, he bookends this, right? So the very first, if you look at his own words, the very first words we get from Jesus when he's like age 12, he's not even a teenager yet. And he's saying, well, yeah, of course I'm about my father's business. Like this is what I'm called to do. And then on the cross in his final breath, you know, he's saying it's finished. Like I had this purpose. It's finished. That's part of what we are. We're called to know we're called to be clear about who we are. But we're also called to be clear about what we're trying to accomplish. And these are things I think as we lean into an openness to the spirit and what God's doing, we become more and more clear about what God's calling each of us to do. Ultimately that involves kingdom work. Well, the final thing um, in this thing I want to talk about today is our motivation because I think it matters at least as much as these first two that we've talked about. And sometimes people will say this, the way you look at motivation around your leadership is who are you trying to please, is a way to think about it. That's what's motivating you. Who are you trying to please in all of this? And it's such a fundamental leadership principle because if we're not careful with it, we'll be off trying to please everybody or all kinds of people because we're not, we're not clear. This kind of goes back to that place. And it's something you're simply not able to do. I think within tribalism US that we have today, maybe we know this more than other generations, but if you go over to group A and you try to make them happy, group B over here is getting super upset. And you come back over to group B and try to make them happy. And then group A is getting super upset. And it's really hard to please everyone. It's in fact, it's impossible. In fact, I'll go further. God's not even able to do it, right? I think about this during football season. She's not here today, but we have a parishioner who f- very frequently wears a Packer um, uniform to church. And on, if it ever comes up that the Cowboys are playing the Packer, I'm very aware of thinking, there's probably people in this room who are saying, Lord, let the Cowboys win. And I certainly know she would be praying, let the Packers win. And God's not going to be able to answer both of those. So God's not even able to do it. So we're fools if we think we can do it. If you think you can please everybody, that's crazy. And part of leadership is just knowing I cannot please everybody. And this becomes clear when you focus in on sort of the opportunity cost of things. You know, if you accept this job, you're gonna disappoint the people you turn down and vice versa, all these kinds of things. Every opportunity cost makes it that way. And, and it certainly comes up lots in ministry. I mean, the, the clergy get this all the time, but we live in a world where Jesus said, you're always going to have the poor. There are more needs out there than we will ever be able to meet. And we have people come to us and say, oh, well, you, you're the church. You ought to be doing this and you ought to be doing that. And it's like, you, you're not able to do it all. So you pray about it and you say, well, we feel called to do these ones. And then these people are upset. That's the way it is. I mean, we've all got to keep leaning into our call and our purpose. And um, I love the way the religious leader, Jackie Pollinger, who worked in Hong Kong with drug addicts, and prostitutes and all this. She had this saying that I used to, I really love, I still love it, I'm gonna modify it in a minute. But she used to say, part of the problem with the church today is that we have lots and lots of Christians who have hard hearts and soft feet. And she said, that needs to be the other way around. We need to have soft hearts and hard feet to go into all these hard, these difficult situations. I think another corollary of this is we need to have soft hearts and thick skin because it's just part of it. There's always gonna be people who are unhappy with us. Um, you know, there's, there's a sermon I'll preach where I'll get an angry email, and somebody who says, wow, it's like you did that sermon for me. I mean, that's just every day. That's just part of, that's just part of leadership. That's just part of it. And I think we look at the example of Jesus, we'll see somebody who was super focused on pleasing one person, God the Father. He, he's tuning everything else out, and he's about, just pleasing um, God, the father, let me give you an example of that. As we look at his example from um, John five, he says, I only try to please the one who sent me. That's part of it. Or I, I think that's something we have to take on board deep for more than a decade. I've said that I've got my own definition of what I think success in life is. It is a life well lived for and with God. And when we talk about this, when we talk about living it for God, we're talking about focusing in on realizing this audience of one. That we're trying to ultimately bring glory to God and to please God. And again, there are lots of distractions. Life can be a little bit like showing up in a a competitive stadium where there's people cheering and jeering and both can distract us if we're not clear on this. We can get sidetracked by wanting compliments, or we certainly can get um, sidetracked by people jeering at us. And we've gotta learn to just ignore that and be clear with what God's calling us to accomplish. I read a story not long back about uh, a pastor who had an audience with Billy Graham a number of years ago. And one of the questions that he asked Billy Graham was, you're bound to get lots of criticism. How do you deal with that? And I know this isn't a saying unique to Billy Graham, but his answer back to the guy was, he said, it, well, it's like um, wrestling with a pig. You're both going to get muddy, but only one of you is going to be happy. <laughs> ignore it. Don't go there. Just, just don't, even, don't even go to that place. It's part of, of how we have to learn to ignore these things. And along with that, you know, God's made us who we are. We're, we're not even really getting legalistic about this because we're not trying to please God to earn his love. We already have his love. And there is nothing you're going to do tomorrow or today that's going to change it, good or bad, that's going to change how much he loves you. That's part of the beauty of coming to terms with how we're loved unconditionally. And the more we get all these things on board, the, the greater leaders that, we're going to be, that we'll be. If we can get these three things um, taken down into our core, if we get into this leadership clarity of understanding and knowing who we are in God, unique, made the way he made you, strengths the way he, he gave you the strengths and living into that place and into that call and then learning what God's call in your life is and understanding what it is that you're meant to accomplish, what God is bringing you to and then understanding finally that there, there is an audience of one, that the greatest thing we can do in all of life is give glory to God and seek to please him. When we get our head around those things, we'll be better leaders at whatever God's called us to do. Your work, your job, your family, whatever it is that you're raising kids, whatever it is, all those different things, we'll be better leaders. And that's our prayer. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you love us unconditionally and that you call us on a journey with you. You call us to be a royal priesthood, um, to be leaders in various facets of life. Lord, we pray that you would help us day by day to take on more of Jesus's teachings, not only about truth and love and, and the spiritual life, but in practical things, about even how we lead. We pray this in his name. Amen.